Support for this podcast comes from San Francisco International Airport. At SFO, you can discover award-winning flavors and unique shops all before takeoff. Learn more about what's at SFO at flysfo.com. Hey, it's Glenn Washington from Snap Judgment. And if you love what you're hearing, and I know you love what you're hearing, please consider becoming a KQED member special access to cool events, behind-the-scenes footage, and so much more. Plus, you'll sleep better at night knowing you did your part for the community you depend upon. It's in you. Please be in it. Visit donate.kqed.org slash podcasts to sign up now. That's podcast with an S. Thanks. From KQED. This is the California Report. Good morning. I'm Lily Jamali. The consulting firm McKinsey has agreed to a $573 million settlement with California and several other states for its role in fueling the nation's opioid crisis. California Attorney General Javier Becerra was among 47 prosecutors across the country who investigated the influential firm for its role helping companies like OxyContin maker Purdue Pharma boost profits. Our investigations turned up some pretty credible evidence that I believe led McKinsey to say better to address this now than to wait and go to court. And we hope that that will be the case with other companies, the machine, the opioids machine that played a role in creating this crisis. McKinsey issued a statement noting that the settlement contains no admission of wrongdoing or liability. California will receive almost $60 million from the settlement, and Becerra says that money is going to be used to address the damage caused by opioids. Here in the Bay Area, San Francisco's school board president is calling a lawsuit filed against the district by the city petty and embarrassing. The city maintains that the district lacks a plan to safely reopen public schools during the pandemic. KQED's Katie Orr has more. San Francisco City Attorney Dennis Herrera says the district is dragging its feet, despite multiple health departments saying schools can safely reopen with precautions. The school district and the Board of Education seem to have no plan for how or when in-person instruction will begin for any of its students. School Board President Gabriela Lopez says Herrera and Mayor London Breed are playing politics with the suit. We have made progress while the city and county have failed to provide the necessary tools for our city to safely return, like testing and vaccines. She says everyone wants schools to reopen and that this is embarrassing for the city. For the California Report, I'm Katie Orr in Sacramento. Meanwhile, the head of the San Francisco Teachers Union is calling the lawsuit divisive. Susan Solomon is president of the United Educators of San Francisco. She says the suit is an attack on the district. I am shocked that they would do this. I am shocked. It is a major distraction from the work that we are busy doing to try to reopen schools. Solomon says the union is in frequent talks with the district and is getting closer to an agreement on when and how teachers would return to the classroom. She says the city needs to help with that process, not get in the way. Well, as new coronavirus cases and hospitalizations continue to fall, the Biden administration is working with the state to open two new vaccination sites in California. KQED's Laura Clivens has more. The sites will be at the Oakland Coliseum and California State University, Los Angeles. Governor Newsom said the locations were chosen intentionally. Equity is the call of this moment. The reason this site was chosen was the framework of making sure 
that communities that are often left behind are not left behind. They're prioritized in terms of the administration of these vaccines. Newsom said the state will not reallocate vaccine doses from elsewhere. Rather, the federal government will add additional ones, up to 6,000 a day. The sites are slated to open in two weeks and will be co-run by the federal and state government. And Newsom said people from the community will be hired to work there. For the California Report, I'm Laura Clivens. Well, as we've been reporting here, California's COVID vaccine rollout has been among the slowest in the nation. Those eligible, most recently people 65 and older, have found it hard to know where to get the vaccine. So people are looking for information wherever they can get it, including us here at KQED. Carly Severn leads our digital news team. She's gotten and has answered around 150 audience questions on kqed.org and by email. Hey, Carly, so what is the top question? question you're getting from people. Yeah. um, So we have the comment box on our site. And I would say the big thing I'm seeing right now is from folks who are eligible for the vaccine. So they're over 65. That has been announced by the state. If you are over 65, you are now on the priority list, but they can't get that appointment. And so they're so confused about that disconnect. I'm eligible. Why can't I get the vaccine in my arm? And a big part of that is about the supply. A lot of counties are still vaccinating their healthcare workers. And if they're not, they're focusing on seniors over 75. So this is the thing that people are really focusing on. They can't find one centralized place online uh, where all of the vaccine appointment information is. And because there is none right now, there's no state run centralized point like that. Yeah, it's incredible. What's fascinating also is how volunteers have stepped in to basically fill the void there. Talk to us about that. What kinds of activities have you seen um, in terms of people volunteering their time to help? Yeah, this is where a project called Vaccinate California or VaccinateCA.com comes in. And at last count, it's over 250 volunteers all around California who banded together after one tech worker called Patrick McKenzie put out this call on Twitter saying, hey, let's do this. Let's create a civic project. So engineers created the simple dashboard system and then phone bankers started calling vaccination sites, hospitals, clinics, pharmacies saying, hey, Do you have the vaccine? How much vaccine do you have? And how can people make appointments with you? Who is eligible to come and get the shot with you? And the really fascinating thing about this project to me is that they told me that at one point they called a Rite Aid pharmacy in San Bernardino. And this was actually the tip off for that pharmacy that they weren't in the county system. And so they weren't getting the appointments for their vaccines. So this one pharmacy was able to tip off another bunch of pharmacies, call the county and get things sorted out. So the Vaccinate CA folks, it sounds like they actually made that happen, which is kind of incredible. Okay, so where can people go, given that there is no centralized statewide resource for folks wanting to get the vaccine? Mm -hmm. For appointments, there is not. What I will say is there is My Turn, which is this new state-run notification tool. If you go to myturn.ca.gov, you'll find somewhere where you can put in all of your details and be told if you're eligible or not. And very soon, the state says that this will be available for scheduling online appointments for everyone. But right now, folks in L.A. County and San Diego County can actually make online appointments through this. For everyone else, you sign up to be notified about when you're eligible and how to schedule that appointment. So I'd really recommend that. Also, Talk to your provider if you have a healthcare provider and sign up with your county for their details. Mm-hmm. 
for folks who have health insurance. That is great advice. Carly, thank you for all the work you're doing on this. We really appreciate it. Thank you very much. And keep emailing us, guys. Keep messaging via kqed.org and tell us what you need to know, and we will try and find it out for you. Carly's on it. Thank you. Thank you, Lily. The battle over so-called hero pay has reached a boiling point in cities around the state. Several city councils are now requiring or are considering requiring their supermarkets to pay workers $5 an hour more, compensation for the extra risk involved in doing their jobs during the pandemic. But yesterday, the California Grocers Association sued Oakland a day after it mandated hero pay for stores there. And this was the scene in Long Beach. The association is also suing that city, which was the first in California to issue a hero pay measure. The California Report Saul Gonzalez was in Long Beach yesterday as workers rallied outside of a food for less. Its parent company, Kroger, says the mandate is illegal, in part because it singles out the industry. Kroger is planning to close two stores in Long Beach. Here's more from there. My name is Howard Simmons. I work at Ralph's in Huntington Beach. How long have you worked at Ralph's, sir? I have worked for Ralph's for 40 years. The workers are working harder than they've ever had to. The workers are picking up the slack because all the restaurants are closed. Customers are are overwhelming us. And uh, in my store, just this week, we lost two employees to COVID. They went out 40 hours on each one of them, both full-time workers. That's huge. Uh, I had it in March. You had COVID. I had COVID. And I came down with it, and I uh, was out of work for uh, 27 days until I was finished quarantining. It was, it was a long process. So what would you like to see, given that's the situation that you and your fellow co-workers are confronting? The workers are overworked. The workers are pushed to the limits. Ralph's has hired some new people, and we've hired a lot of new people. And yet, as fast as we hire them, they leave and they need to earn a better salary than that. Because we have such a high turnover, um, they just don't get paid enough. So hazard pay to you getting additional pay would mean what? It would mean that they, they would be able to, you know, take care of themselves. Um, just the fact when we come down with the COVID, um, the medical uh, expenses are outrageous and we have to, you know, uh, stay home and quarantine. It's impossible. I mean, it's impossible to do that with uh, the amount of money that Ralph's is paying the employees. That was Howard Simmons, a worker at Ralph's with my colleague, Saul Gonzalez. San Jose and Los Angeles are among several cities considering passing hero pay mandates of their own. The state Supreme Court has rejected a challenge to Prop 22, the ballot measure voters passed in November that allows gig companies to continue treating workers as independent contractors. The court declined to hear a case brought by drivers and unions who had opposed it. Drivers sued last month, claiming the measure was unconstitutional because it limits the power of the state legislature and stops drivers from being eligible for workers' compensation. PG&E is facing new conditions on its federal probation, prompted by the company's suspected role in starting a deadly fire in Shasta County last fall. KQED's Dan Brecky reports. U.S. District Judge William Alsop has proposed requiring PG&E to consider the presence of potentially dangerous trees near power lines when it considers wildfire safety power shutoffs. Alsop suggested the new probation conditions after last September's Zog fire near Redding, which killed four people. 
Cal Fire investigators have focused on a pine tree that loomed over PG&E power lines as the potential cause of the fire. The utility says the tree had been marked for removal but left standing. The utility turned off power in parts of 15 counties at the time the blaze started, but not to the area of the Zog fire. ALSUP will decide on new probation conditions later this month. For the California Report, I'm Dan Brecky. As many of you know, California has some of the highest housing costs in the country. But two Bay Area lawmakers say they have one solution. As KQED's Aaron Baldessari reports, they want the state to build social housing, housing that's publicly funded and affordable for everyone. Assembly members Alex Lee of San Jose and Buffy Wicks of Oakland introduced the Social Housing Act earlier this week. It would create a statewide housing authority to build and manage housing that's available to not just the poorest residents, but to middle-income people as well. Here's Assembly Member Lee. We are going to become the developer. We're going to become the people that literally build and maintain the housing, and that's going to be so key, right? Any revenue that comes from it isn't just go back to shareholders or stockholders, but it actually goes back into keeping rents low and keeping the places really well maintained. Tom Bannon, the CEO of the California Apartment Association, says his organization is all for the idea. He says the real roadblocks to affordable housing are lengthy approvals and restrictions on apartments. I think that they'll run into the same obstacles that the private sector runs into. But uh, if we get another ally to assist us in building additional housing, particularly for working class families, hey, we will embrace it. Progressives across the country, including Congresswoman Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, have been pushing for social housing as a way to guarantee housing as a right. Shanti Singh is co-chair of the San Francisco chapter of the Democratic Socialists of America. It really is like a big, bold step forward. It hopefully will become a lab for all sorts of new models that are proven to be successful in other places that we haven't tried in California. Details of the bill are expected to be further fleshed out in the next few months. For The California Report, I'm Aaron Baldessari. And that is The California Report for this Thursday, February 4th, a production of KQED Public Radio. I'm Lily Jamali. Thank you so much for listening. Support for the California Report comes from Water Heaters Only, specializing in the repair and replacement of water heaters since 1968. Licensed and insured, open 24 hours a day every day. Learn more at waterheatersonly.com. California Healthcare Foundation, ensuring the voices of Californians are heard in California's decisions about health care, on the web at chcf.org voices. And Eric and Wendy Schmidt, whose philanthropy includes Schmidt Ocean Institute, working to advance the frontiers of ocean research, sharing the connection between life on land and life at sea with everyone everywhere. Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR. Hi there, I'm Randa Fattah from Throughline. If you're listening to this podcast, you know that KQED produces exceptional storytelling that keeps you informed, inspired, and entertained. Their podcasts cover issues from your neighborhood to the entire country and everything in between. Support this work today. You can help us continue to bring quality podcasts to your ears. Just head to donate.kqed.org podcast. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcast. 
Hi, I'm Sasha Coca, host of the California Report magazine. Every week, we bring you stories about what connects us in the giant, diverse Golden State. Because what happens in California changes the world. I love this place. We were once seen as, like, the place to be California. The land of milk and honey, that's where you go to Sunshine State, but we just have challenges right now. KQED's California Report magazine. New episodes drop every Friday, wherever you get your podcasts.